Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. Buying us a new day We're buying us a new day One day borrows another One day borrows We're trying us a new way We're trying us a new way Follows another water from the rock, water from the mountain, water from the sky. I might never thirst again. Water from the rock, water from the mountain, water from the sky. I might never thirst again. Buying us a new day. Buying us a new day One way follows another One way follows Water from the rock Water from the mountain Water from the sky I might never thirst again Water from the rock Water from the mountain, water from the sky, I might never thirst again. Well, it flows in abundance, neurons in millions and hundreds, but I won't succumb to the trap. I know I was born for more than that, and oh, I need a change of flow, and oh, I need to say much more, and oh, that I can give much more, and oh. I can live much more So I'll listen up to the spirit that flows And it's coming in heavy and it's riding and bold And you know it's subjectable And that our thoughts are collectible And I'm screaming out I'm hating out and I'm freaking out And I'm drinking out and I'm reading out What it's all about It's water from the rock Water from the mountain, water from the sky, I'll never thirst again. Water from the rock, water from the mountain, water from the sky, I'll never thirst again. 53106 uh, is our text number. That'll cost you 30 cents. You can follow us on Twitter or send us an email to afternoon at newstalk.com. That was Susan O'Neill uh, you were just listening to. That song is called One Day Borrows Another. Susan, is that the first time you played in front of real humans in the, in the last year or so? Uh, I- inside. Yeah. <laughs> With a roof over our heads, yeah. Uh, where have you played? 
or had the opportunity to play? Yeah, do you know, there's a beautiful uh, amphitheatre in Ballykeef in Kilkenny. It's in a quarry and it's outdoors. And tonight I'm playing in a, another amphitheatre. They're all popping up now. Um, and like, did the Romans leave these behind or something? I, or where did they come from? Well, they look, <laughs> it looks like it. They're magical places. Uh, but there's one in Clock Jordan. So yeah. there, there's, these, there's a couple of pockets of, of venues, I think, that are... Uh, doing it really well at the yeah. moment. And even in the outdoor uh, uh, places you've played, do they still have to distance people? They were still distance, yeah. yeah. yeah they're all they're all doing their bit. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm here to, to say the boxes have been ticked. Uh, and other than that, though, I mean, like, have you been just at home recording and drinking too much like everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I've been very lucky, actually. I spent the last year as an artist in residency in Hotel Doolan. So I lived in a hotel for a year, which is kind of weird and amazing. Was it shut? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was oh, shut. Yeah. total shining vibe off that It then. was yeah. really, and just the staff, so myself and some of the staff that were around. And uh, I mean, yeah, it was really, really bizarre. I remember one particular day I went out and I only saw cows, sheep and dogs. That was it. I mean, no cars on the road, nothing but... Um, yeah, but the, the the hotel they're starting the outdoor music as well there. So, you know, there's there's great gardens and gazebos. Lads, gazebos must have gone up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huge gazebo business yeah. uh, now. Uh, all of a sudden, you start. Well, one of the places you started was it was it in a brass band you started? I did. Yeah, yeah. in Ennis. Yeah, Ennis brass band. And what uh, what instrument do you play? Uh, they I started with them in the cornet, and I have uh, since bought uh, like horns and trumpets as well so I just I immersed myself in the brass world as much as possible and what age were you when you started playing I think about 13 right you see you the brass band at the time used to practice three hours a night for two hours and I had too much energy so my folks thought how do we get rid of her for three nights of the week (laughs) and they were very wise and (laughs) in 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 uh encouraging this kind of instrument to play because, uh, well, it kind of backfired, actually, because it's quite loud. Yeah, I'd imagine <laughs> so. Yeah, and probably, and, and is it difficult to learn, say, compared to a guitar, is it, is it more difficult to learn? Uh, I suppose it depends what you're, what you're naturally, uh, I suppose, drawn to. I mean, I love the trumpet. It, it, it was very normal to me. Any kind of wind instruments seem to... Uh, resonate with me, I think, from the singing. So mm. guitar has always been a kind of a company, uh, an accompaniment thing. Unfortunately, not not to take from how beautiful guitar player. Oh no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't claim to be anything spectacular. You know, just chancing my arm really. Yeah, but it adds another layer uh, um, if, if, if when you're using uh, brass instruments as well. I would have thought, and there's kind of maybe a New Orleans kind of maybe feeling there a little bit. Yeah, you can take it. I mean, the brass, the trumpet sounds very lonely and sad. So you, you I mean, it can sound happy and, and mm. joyous too. But it, it, you know, I kind of really like those sad, dulcety kind of tones. So. The lonely trumpet is, is if, if my song wasn't miserable enough, just sprinkle a bit of trumpet in there. And you were also uh, you were also in a gospel choir as well at the same time. I assume you didn't sleep when you were a teenager at all. <laughs> no, like most teenagers, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, gospel, it was a nice... Um, the, Ennis, the really, truly gospel choir in Ennis. And, um, you know, there's something in gospel that just, I think it, it just moves you. I, I, I don't know, can anyone actually witness a gospel choir and not feel emotion? It's, mm. it's really powerful stuff. You know, the, the voices shared, which is the thing I've missed most about this year, actually, is having collective voices, you know, booming. I think it, it, it just 
does something to your insides and uh, it's cathartic and it's definitely healing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, Susan, as she said, she's playing in the Amphitheatre on Clock Jordan tonight uh, and she's playing August, well, she's playing August the 10th in, in Clock Jordan's in Cork, but that's sold out, so tough. Uh, she's playing in Blackgate in Galway August 19th, Connolly's of Leap in West Cork August 20th, uh, Mick the Pies in Listowel August 26th and De Barra's in Clannacilty August 29th. Then you're going... Is it the UK you're going to first? A US, I think. Yeah, oh, US first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think. I th- yeah. I, I, yeah, sorry. I, 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 these days I actually only look at uh, what day it is because I forget that. <laughs> so if it wasn't for Google calendars. Um, yeah, it's it's in the book, but, you know, there's a, I suppose it's happening. I suppose it's happening. Yeah. You know, but there's so. still this yeah. kind of... Oh, okay. Well, there's the US and then, and, and and then, then the, uh, the UK. The UK and yeah. Europe, yeah. Wow, okay. Well, that would be fairly knackered. Was that that's you and Mick are doing that entire show? So tour? That, yeah. the tour uh, in the US and Europe is uh, basically for a new album, a duet album done with Mick Flannery, mm. and we will be launching that across that tour. Yeah, so. and you do have your own album uh, coming out in September in the game. Uh, that's no, that's the duo. That's album. the duo album, yep. right? Yep. Okay, yeah. I was going to say on the game, but that'd be a completely different <laughs> album. I, I would have thought that's a good sequel. Though. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've had Mick on the show. Mick's absolutely lovely. Yeah, uh, he really yeah, is absolutely gorgeous. Anyway, we will be hearing from Susan uh, uh, later on in the show. Time now for movies and booze. Movies and booze on Moncrief. We are in our lovely uh, virtual studio, so you can actually watch us, uh, if you can stand the horror of that, or certainly the, the horror of looking at me. Uh, but we are joined by Dean McGuinness and Serena Bellissimo and Amanda Bronker and Jean Smullen. Good afternoon to you all. Hello. Lovely Good to afternoon. have you here uh, for, uh, for real. Now, uh, Amanda's doing our Hollywood News thing uh, this week, though she did want to come in to uh, share her uh, frenzied opinions about the axing of X Factor. Are you for that or against that? <laughs> My frenzied opinions. Um, let's be honest, it's been dead in the water for years. Well, it's, yeah, it's two years ago or something, isn't Three it? Three years oh, though, right. since well, it's been you. on the telly. And I think um, that format just, ne- it was dying a death. And I have to say, Simon Cowell strung the last few drops of pain out of it. But I have to say, it had... 15 kind of glorious years of kind of great excitement. I was one of those lucky people who got to go backstage. Um, oh, did you? I, yeah. Well, I, I've known Louis Walsh 100 years, as mm. every other Irish person does. So uh, he brought me over a few times and I got to hang out. Uh, back in the early days, I thought it was great because it was so exciting. It was so shiny. Sharon Osborne, Louis and Simon were the judges. I remember going backstage and hanging out with uh, Louis or Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne and all the kids were there when they were young. They had the dogs in. It was the full entourage. But like, I mean, I think over the years... Did they really get on or did they all hate each other? Oh, no, they were great friends. Oh, Louis right. and Sharon are the best of buddies and so is Simon. Mm. Uh, Louis is... Is has to be kept close because he knows where all the dead bodies oh, are buried. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's yes, I've experienced that too. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's kind of. But the likes of kind of Jedward have come out now saying, you know, mission complete. They're delighted that it's over. But I think it's because of Psycho, Simon Cowell's um, kind of company that kind of basically managed to trap an awful lot of artists into really crippling Mm. uh, contracts. Having a musician here beside me, I'm sure she knows what I'm kind of hinting at. So, like, I mean, people who were desperate to be famous, desperate to kind of get out there. And unfortunately, they would become famous and they'd 
ultimately nearly always have the Christmas number one. But the problem is they wouldn't really make much money. And it's a bit of a kind of, wasn't quite Britney Spears conservatorship kind of territory, but not far off. So they'd have to work really hard mm. and not really get much for it. Yeah, but they all like Simon Cowell then. Who likes Simon Cowell? Like uh, uh, all the other judges like Simon Cowell, didn't oh, they? The, the judges, well, uh, Danny Minogue particularly liked him. I think she had a bit of an affair with him for a little while. Right. Um, so, and Sharon Osbourne didn't take too kindly to that. You know, a younger woman coming in and then kind of sleeping with the boss. Never mm. never good for kind of uh, co- co-workers. And, did you, and you remember he like, used to wear trousers around where his nipples were? I think so he still does, does that. Does he still do yeah. that? That was weird. Now uh-huh. he wears trousers where his eyebrows used to the be. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know what? It's going to open the door for, for, for other reality shows. I think he's doing some other one, though. Who's this? Carol is doing something. Uh, he's yes. always working on something. And yeah. Louis working on trying to get a new boy band together. You know, I don't know whether that is where music still is at. But, you mm. know, I'm old, so I don't really understand. Well, you see, this is on. an interesting thing in, in that, like, that they're kind of maybe working off an old model where you had a manager and you had loads of people doing things for you. Well, Whereas, you, say, Susan can record, record an album in her bedroom. Exactly. And, and, you know, and she's not depending on some evil Sven Galli. Yeah. Sorry for speaking on your behalf, Susan. Is that the case? Or have you had an appalling experience with, with Simon Cowell as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. You can do anything from the bedroom now. It's just a matter of acquainting yourself with technology. And there's been some 16-year-olds that have come out of the country in the last while that mm. have written albums that really stand up to... I mean, great number ones that we've known. So, well, it's the likes of like Billie Eilish kind of booked that trend herself and her brother made their album that huge, big, multi multi million Mm. album in their kind of living room kind of thing. And it is now technology is so much more accessible. Like everybody can kind of get a get a hold of kind of recording equipment now. So, and and the thing is. There's not the same money to be made in music, unfortunately. It's, you missed yeah, the boat. You should have been gigging. older. Yeah. Um, because, you know, now, unless you're turning... <laughs> Sorry, you're too sorry, young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not even worth your while doing it anymore. Yeah. It's pointless. You'd want to love it. That's yeah, sure. exactly. But, like, the likes of Spotify and all of these kind of uh, streaming services, they, they literally have sucked the life. <laughs> there, there's somebody's phone. Are you getting that was a, No, that was Serena. Serena. She threw her flo- phone in a, in a, in a huff <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> Would you like to talk, Serena? <laughs> okay, well, let's read the talk. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the two movies today, uh, the, su- like, is this Suicide Squad the same as the old Suicide Squad, except, I don't know. It's different, different director, different cast. A couple of the old cast have come back, um, and then we've got something completely, completely different, <laughs> Spirit Untamed. Right, okay, so, uh, how is that different? Animation and for the kids. So we've got one that is rated R, we've got another one that is rated kids. So right, okay. two extremes. Yeah, and have they made the new Suicide Squad because they, everyone decided the other one was utter yeah, garbage? Yeah. So, Well, no, but I'm saying yes. Yeah, um, okay. And James Gunn's on board, so he's the guy behind Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, So you okay. know he's going to come in yeah. and do a good job. Yeah, and today it's Spanish wine, Jim? Spanish wine, yeah. As the Spanish Wine Week will be back at the beginning of October, and they're hoping to have lots of live events that people can actually go to. Last year it was supposed to be live, and then... 
another lockdown happened, so mm. it all went you know, pear-shaped. So this year, hopefully, there'll be lots of in restaurants, in uh, wine shops, you know, lots of events. So uh, as a precursor to that, I thought we'd feature two uh, really lovely Spanish wines from the region of Galicia in northwest Spain. Okay, lovely. And so more out-of-the-way ones that people might know. Oh, yeah. Know. These, yeah. Are, these are like Godello and Mencia. They're not mainstream grapes, and they're two fabulous wines. Right. And today, uh, and today, Dean, you're talking about... Cider. This is funny. Today, Dean's talking about cider. So basically, Susan's come to watch people get drunk in a field. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably used to that, I'm, I'm guessing. I've missed out on festivals. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what are the two ciders? Actually, look, proceed with your first one. Yeah, well, we've got uh, Irish Craft Cider. So pass that over. Okay. And, um, we'd have to do a... Okay, all right, yeah, well, we'll give that... Well, well, the here, here's your cider. Oh, God, we've loads of ciders. Yeah, this is... Thanks. So, okay, all right, so yeah, talk away, tell us So we have, person. yeah, um, two uh, ciders from uh, Waterford, both Irish craft ciders. Uh, Legacy is the brand, and it is a cider uh, that is the brainchild of Liam McDonald. Liam has... Uh, a, a great heritage in apple making. He's third generation in apples in Ireland. His grandfather uh, was involved in apples. His father was um, quite an expert in apples. And um, uh, about uh, 20 plus years ago, they developed a miniature apple tree. It's uh, not a bonsai tree. It's not okay. genetically engineered. Um, what they do is they grow the tree and they uh, prune the tree and uh, top it to prevent it from growing larger. And in the wintertime, they uh, clip the roots of it so that it won't grow. And over about five years, it grows into this little miniature apple tree. So uh, that's something that was the, the brainchild of Liam's uh, father, and uh, then and the, why do they do that? Uh, just uh, something different to do with apples. It will grow in a pot. It will stay in the pot. It can be transplanted. Oh, right, that's but handy. It, it yeah. stays as a, a dwarf plant, and it will grow apples um, on an annual basis. And but it, it won't grow to the normal size of an apple tree. So it's just a, a really unusual thing. But okay, really they thing. just did it for the crack. Is yeah, what you're just saying. fun. It's yeah, no it, well, uh, Liam Stad was uh, he was into academia, and he was advising the government on apples. Um, uh, apples are something that <laughs> really should should it's be an unusual job. Yeah, yeah they, they, they should be a huge advisor. thing because uh, uh, orchards are incredibly environmentally friendly. Um, like if you think a, a lot of trees, you grow trees and they're um, sucking up carbon dioxide and that's great. And then somebody chops the tree down and chops it into firewood and burns it and all the carbon dioxide goes back into mm. the atmosphere again. Whereas an apple tree is living there and uh, producing fruit every year. People don't chop them down. Um, the soil isn't interfered with, so you, you don't have carbon released in that way. Um, so they're incredibly environmentally friendly. So instead of trying to get people to stop driving, we should cover the entire country in apple trees. Right. And, okay. Uh, we well, not driving would be a good thing too. Yeah. If you could ride around the country on an apple tree, on that would be tree. very yeah, handy. You could put yeah. wheels on an apple mm. tree, that would be great. So anyway, aside that we've got, we've got a Legacy Dry and Legacy Medium. Uh, so the Legacy Dry is made from a uh, blend of apples. Now, uh, cider making is a hell of a lot closer to winemaking than it is to beer. People tend to associate cider with beer because they usually are in around the same uh, alcohol strength. So usually beer is in the 4 to 5% uh, range in alcohol strength. Uh, ciders in Ireland, for the most part, tend to be under 6%. Once you go above 6% in Ireland on cider, the excise takes a huge jump. 
So uh, mm. if you look at the ABVs of ciders on the shelves, you'll notice that a lot of them stay below um, 6%, 5.9% or down around 5% or 4.5%. And if they are above 6%, they're usually very special uh, ciders. They're, they're usually something unusual about them. Uh, with both of these 5%, the first one is Legacy Dry. It's made from a blend of three apples. So if you compare cider making and brewing, uh, with brewing you start with malted barley, um, which doesn't have sugar in it. It has starch in it, and starch can be thought of as a, a string of pearls where the pearls are little um, uh, lumps of sugar. And during the brewing process, what happens is in mashing, they mix the malted barley with uh, hot water around 65 degrees and enzymes in the malted barley chop the starch into sugars. And then you end up with sugar. That sugar goes on in the liquid. Uh, yeast reacts with the sugar, changes it into alcohol, carbon dioxide and various flavor products. And you end up with a beer um, with both wine and uh, with cider. That process of making the sugar happens out in the field. So the sugar is generated in the fruit, mm. and then when the fruit is crushed, you've got fruit juice that has sugar in it. Uh, you get uh, The character of the apple depends on the blend of apples that you use. Um, so for the most part, um, the apples are classified into uh, sharps, sweets, bitter sharps, and bitter sweets, according to how bitter they are, how sweet they are, and how tannic they are. And uh, then different apples will have different qualities and they'll put together a blend of different apples to achieve the type of, of flavour that they want. So again, it's, it's much more like wine than it is like beer in terms mm. of how it's made. Now, with this um, particular cider, the Legacy Dry, it is made with uh, three apples, Elstar, which gives a kind of a floral character to it. Um, it has Bramley, which is kind of big and bold. And then it has uh, Michelin, which is a, a French apple. Um, and it, it, now, always when you're, you're describing cider, um, you describe it as tasting apple and people kind of go, wow, yeah, <laughs> l- lucky we got the expert yeah, in. You know? yeah. <laughs> but on this one, you've got, uh, you've got a nice sweetness to it. It has a dry finish. The, uh, the, there's an amount of tannins there. Not hugely dry, but nice kind of dry finish. But also, um, if you um, swirl it and smell, you get a certain amount of vanilla and a little bit of smoke. Yeah, it's quite smooth, it. actually. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, very nice cider. He's done a really good job on it and uh, quite unusual. Uh, they're experimenting with uh, barrel aging. Um, so they have uh, done some barrel-aged ciders where they're use, using bourbon barrels and they've uh, just brought out a, a limited edition uh, legacy cider, which is bourbon barrel-aged, and uh, you get some uh, character into it. But there, there are some amazing things in, in France. There's a great uh, tradition of uh, cider-making in England, there's a huge tradition of cider making, and they're doing some really interesting things, uh, starting to use hops in cider, dry hopping uh, cider to bring uh, character in like that. So there's a, a huge amount of potential in craft cider, mm. and we're just kind of scratching the surface of it now. There's a, a number of Irish craft cider makers around the country. They're working really hard. They need some support from the government. Um, like, we're in a perfect situation to have uh, a country that can be really well recognised for its cider. Um, and you've got some uh, innovators and pioneers that are pushing through, and Liam is one of them. That barrel aging thing, though, I was somebody gave me a whiskey that was uh, was aged in in Bordeaux barrels. So, like, the world must be running out of barrels at this point. You know, they don't have the barrels to make the original stuff in because everyone's buying them to make other stuff in. Yeah, um, bourbon is a little bit easier because there's a rule with bourbon that um, when you make bourbon, you can only use the barrel once. 
Right. So the um, barrel can't be reused mm. with, uh, with uh, other um, situations where you're using barrels, you can reuse the barrel and uh, the character of the liquid that you get out of the barrel can change over time according to how much the, the barrel is used. So uh, bourbon barrels uh, tend to be quite popular for barrel aging, uh, different things. Um, uh, but you get uh, an amount, like as the, as the liquid is aging in the barrel, the, the spirit is aging in the barrel, you get an amount of it seeping into the barrel. And then when you use that barrel again for something else like a cider, you get a bit of that character coming in mm. reverse. And with, with beers as well, when they, when they barrel age them, you can find that you pick up about between a half and 2% ABV. Which uh, really? comes from the okay, but the this is this is still below the six percent. This is the six percent. Yeah, no, the the two that we're doing stay are the uh, sure the, it is the, <laughs> <laughs> are, are the, the the ones that would be the, the more everyday ciders, but they're they're super uh, lovely. Yeah, uh, absolutely good. lovely, absolutely. We're mad late already, but uh, before we take a break, we better do the competition. Bank holiday bonus on News Talk. Now, yesterday we gave uh, John Comerford from Tala five grand. Uh, we have uh, one more chance for you to win 5,000. What you need to do is answer the question correctly by 5 p.m. today. Then you'll be called, or well, hopefully you might be called. You have to answer the phone before the fifth ring. So this is the question today. What is the highest mountain in the world? Is it A, Everest, or B, the Sugarloaf? If you think you know the answer, text the word PLAY, followed by AOB to 57599. Entries cost 250 plus your standard message rate. You're playing across the Go Loud network of stations. You'll find full terms and conditions on Newstalk.com. That's the word PLAY, followed by ARB to 57599. Then stand by, uh, and hopefully you might get a call just after 5 o'clock. Good luck with that. We'll take a break. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk about a movie. The Pope can't be an organ donor. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Uh, Dean, Serena, Amanda, and Jean are, are, and Susan are still with us uh, for a special Movies and Booze from our lovely uh, virtual studios uh, up here at the top of. Uh, Whatever we're called now, Bower Tower is what I call now. Given our new owner, let's is that go. What with, we're I like that. Let's go with that. Bower Tower. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're here at the uh, Bower Tower. We'll move swiftly on to our first movie of the day. It is Untamed. Here's a clip. Right, that's uh, Untamed. Uh, it's Spirit Untamed. Spirit Untamed. Uh, yeah. And is that going to be in, in your old-fashioned cinemas? It is. It's opening in old-fashioned cinemas as of today. It's also right. based on a series. So if you've got little ones in your life, you may know Spirit. It's a horse animated horse series. <laughs> animated horse series. Yes. <laughs> Basically, okay. yeah. it centres around this little girl called Lucky Prescott. She's moved from the city to a small town to live with her dad. And it's all about her trying to find herself and make connections there. And... I'm not going to review it. 
right? Because it's not made. We were hoping you would, actually, to be honest. (laughs) No. (laughs) How are we going to pad out the next five minutes? (laughs) I got my five year old and my 10 year old to review it because I think it's really unfair when films like this are reviewed by adults because they're not made for us, right? So when you're going in there and you're analysing it and going, I'm bored, I'm glad you're bored because I think I'm really tired of kids' films that are, try to, are trying to appease to everybody and in the end appease to nobody. I think it's okay for kids to have something for themselves mm. and I think this is what Spirit Untamed is. So I asked my um, five and ten-year-old, what did you think? It was really good. It's like, oh, my God, I, I can't get anywhere with that review. I need you to give me some more. What, <laughs> like, what did you some like? Details, yeah, please. Give me a bit more. So they love the fact that it's adventurous. I think they love the fact that it's... You know, remember when you were a kid, the, thing, the reason why you loved certain things was it was the kids doing stuff that they're not allowed to do in real life. You know, the kids being able to save the day and save their own day. And that's what's happening in this. There's also, my 10-year-old loved that there was this underlying message of the spirit of friendship and that friends are really important. Um, the, <laughs> I asked a five-year-old, what did you like? And he said, I love that the horse was called Spirit. Okay, Okay, that's that's pretty obvious, but good. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think they they really loved as well that the colour, there was some music in there, there was a bit of animation. The animation's great. Is it Pixar? No. Um, But it does what it says on the tin. It's there for the kids, Mm. right? And the kids... The kids are enjoying it. And, look, it's a win-win, I think, for the parents as well. Sometimes you want to go to a film and you don't really want to watch it. You know this. Sometimes you just want to fall asleep. I will pay for them <laughs> to fall asleep it's in a It's famous for falling asleep yeah. in cinemas. <laughs> like, Is there snoring in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> there have been times where the kids have sort of hit me gone, um, <laughs> you're snoring. But, like, the kids can enjoy it and you can have some time out as well. So. Yeah. But, in, but, you know, say with a, a lot of the Pixar movies, there's a few nods and winks to keep adults kind of entertained as well it doesn't ruin the movie maybe gives it a bit of more of a layer you're saying there's none of that in i this didn't movie. find any of that like if it was meant to be there it went way over my head okay i admit it could have done with the fact that you know i was sort of tuning in and out it, it didn't keep me entertained but as i said i think that's okay i think it's okay for kids to have their own films i asked them would you watch it again they'd watch it again would they recommend it to their friends they'd recommend it to their friends i think this is a nice summer movie for the kids, is it going to be a classic? No. Like, will right. they, when I ask them, did they enjoy Spirit Untamed last summer, they may turn around and go, what are you talking about? Okay. But, you know, and look, for the adults, I suppose you're playing that guessing game of who's that voice. I love, I don't know why it makes me love him even more. I love that Jake G- Gyllenhaal plays the dad. He voices the dad. Um, Julianne Moore voices the mum. There's, uh, no, the auntie. The mum, who's in it for a whole two seconds, is voiced by Isa Gonzalez. Do you remember Baby Driver? Hmm. She was darling in Baby Driver. Oh, right, baby, okay. Baby and what happens to the, is the mum... Of course. That, yeah, that's one okay. thing. Like, we've been having these conversations with the kids as well. It's like, why in every movie do they kill the mum? Right? So a good point, yeah. This is another one where the mum is dead. So, okay. yeah. So the mum's gone and she talks to spirit. It, it's also about... So it's not only just about friendship. I think the kids loved as well that it was all about living your dream, following your dream. And when people are telling you you can't do it, 
live it anyway. So there's these nice little subtle messages yeah. going throughout it. So the mother gets taken out in the first, like, five minutes of the well, movie and then they move? Getting, you don't see her getting taken out. Oh. This isn't a spoiler because she appears as a ghost and, you know, oh, right. whispers, okay. sings, sings a lovely, beautiful song. And, and it's just the gist, like, they move to a different town, then she makes hands with a horse, end of movie. And look, it is a, and look, it's called Spirit Untamed because spirit could not be tamed. Right? The horse. So the horse yeah. that yeah. she has, of course, she befriended the one horse that nobody else can tame. So I'm not going to tell you whether or not she untamed it. Don't ruin you know, it. From, don't, no, yeah. I don't want to yeah. give a spoiler away. Well, you can't yeah. wait for it now, that I bet you. Be, that <laughs> be yeah. But look, the great thing is as well, I think this movie, there's representation. It's all about the Latino community as well. You know, they're, they're the stars of this film and it's great. And it's... And it just is. And I think that's great as well, that films now just are and that they're showing us a whole heap of different representation because at the end of the day, representation matters. So there's also little girls out there getting to see little girls being stars and taking, you know, taking their lives into their own hands. Okay. So I think it's quite empowering for them. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. It does what it says in the tent, Exactly. As you say. And the kids, as I said, I'm not reviewing it. I'm taking it from the kids. The kids absolutely enjoyed it. So it's in cinemas now. And if you look, look, the, I don't know where our, our summer's gone, but it, it has turned. Today's a real day for the cinema. So if you want to keep the kids entertained, maybe you can have some sleep. Put it on. There won't be any fighting <laughs> for like 90 minutes. <laughs> now that's joy, isn't it? Untamed spirit. You can get a good kip. <laughs> uh, the, we do have a hashtag on Twitter. It is uh, cultish movies based on a piece we did uh, during the week. Along came polygamy uh, is one uh, recent uh, example of that. Uh, mm, the Fina Gale next door is another one. Wow, that's a bit of a weird one. Right, we, uh, we do have more uh, movie. Uh, we, I think we'll talk about a wine next. Okay. So we'll take a break back in a couple of minutes. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. Dean and Serena and Jean and Amanda are still with us. Uh, Amelia on Twitter says, I don't know what the deal is with this spirit untamed nonsense. The OG spirit film from 2002 where Matt Damon voices a horse is incredible and does not need badly animated spin-offs. Well, obviously Matt Damon's horse work is unparalleled, so that's an unfair <laughs> comparison. Who plays the horse in, in Spirit Untamed or is it a... Oh, now it makes sense as to why the horse doesn't talk in this one because they couldn't find someone to as match. As good as Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, no voice. So you can watch this now. Because, right. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I'm not going to even try a segue from horses to uh, talking about <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, but she's, uh, uh, she's suing people. She's suing Disney, is it? Like, the, why? This is she wants just more money. Absolute. Okay, so Scarlett Johansson, everybody knows she's been, like, the highest paid actress ever in the world, blah, blah, blah. She's 36 now. She's more money than she'll ever spend. She makes movies that I must admit I would never watch. A lot of her movies are kind of these kind of sci-fi type thing, not really my genre. Um, I also don't like the fact that she's a defender of Woody Allen and she's been kind of embroiled in a few different controversies down through the years. She even wore um, Harvey Weinstein's ex-wife's clothes on the red carpet so she's just not somebody that I think is woke enough for my liking right anyway okay. it went through a, she, lot, a yeah, long list there we go. There. yeah did I sit on the fence Am no I, I don't splinters? think so yeah no I'm not yeah okay so anyway she has she recently had um another movie where she gets into some sexy gear called Black Widow and I'm sure she was brilliant <laughs> at it. I'm sure you're the she... only person in this country is it, referring to it as if no one else has heard of it. Uh, but you're the only one who I, just have heard of it. I just, it's, it's not my thing. No, I'll, I'll no, be honest. No, no. So anyway, she was in Black Widow. It was in the cinemas. Obviously, there's been a pandemic. Um, you know, 
companies had to be creative in how to to get people to see their the work you know not everybody could get to the cinema so they streamed it on Disney plus at the same time Scarlett Johansson made about 20 million dollars about 16 million euro not bad for a movie but she wasn't happy she reckons because the movie was streamed on Disney plus that she didn't that it didn't get as big a, a theatrical um, well, she's saying that the deal was that they wouldn't stream it on Disney Plus. They'd let it run in the cinemas first yes. and then put it on Disney Plus. But then she was, was getting a percentage of that, of but the cinema. But then there was a pandemic and things changed. Yeah. So she's really bitter about that because, you know, as an A-list superstar should be, 16 million isn't really good enough for making, what, three months of a movie? How long would that have taken, Maybe Serena, to make? Months, Maybe yeah. three and a half months' work. Seriously, the world has gone mad. Yeah. But I'm sure she has great lawyers, but I reckon Disney have got even better lawyers. So, uh, well, Disney are fighting it, all right? They're not. They, uh, they say that there's absolutely no merit for her, uh, her disgruntled behaviour. Yeah, because they're on Disney, they're charging, they're looking for 20 quid if you want to watch uh, Black Widow. Like, really? Like, I, I must admit, I have nearly every streaming service. You know, I have the kind of a part, the, the Netflix, the Amazon, the Apple. Um, the the Hulu's the the this that and the other the ones where you get all the reality now TV and you get Hulu here hey there's you. Hey, hey you hey you not oh, Hulu right, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait but the thing is there's still nothing to watch now at the moment but Disney is the one that I haven't gone to because I just assumed it was mostly kids no there's so and I'm not being paid by Disney to say this but there's so many good things yeah but there's a lot Disney. of that, that the Golden Girls stuff. the Golden Girls like, no, but that's because they have that telly service part uh, of it yeah. as well. But that's so, kind of like what you'd watch in an on-flight movie. It's all stuff you've seen five years ago. But it's great. And look, there are some new series as well that are on there. Like there's um, John Stamos, The Big Shot is on there as well, or The Big Show. There's some great new... It, it's worth... I, I think it's worth it. I'm not getting paid to say this, by the way. Okay. But she just has free Disney for life now. <laughs> uh, what wine are we drinking, Wine. Jane? We're going... Okay, Spanish wine. We're starting off with the... Um, Alma de Blanco, the white wine, right? Now, um, this is on offer in O'Brien's. Until Monday, they're having a Spanish wine sale, which run, last, runs until um, Monday. Um, Galicia, northwest Spain, Atlantic weather fronts, very like Ireland in terms of what the climate is like. And, you know, it's lots of sunny spells and scattered showers. And apart from the fact that there's vineyards growing, you could be in the west of Ireland, right? Now, the thing is that the region this wine is from is a region called Montreuil, which means King's Mountain, right? And back in the medieval times, um, this was a seat of learning. And then when Spain was fighting Portugal in the 16th century, they, they built a big castle there as a fortress because the region is right on the border with northern Portugal. Now, the one it's the, the river that runs through the region is the River Tagamar. And the one thing, because I was looking at some of the website photographs for this winery, you wouldn't want to suffer from vertigo. Yeah. Literally, sheer drop. How they harvest the grapes, I have no idea. So you've got all this granite slate, sheer rocks growing, you know, literally rising up from the river. And on it are these grapes. Now, Godello is not a mainstream grape for... Um, you know, there's other, there are other grapes in the region that are not as good as Godello that um, have kind of made the region's names. It's never been a region that's been Montdeo, Montreuil isn't one of the sort of the, the, the big names like Raya Spaxis, which is kind of next door. 
But um, what you have here is this grape that's really now fast becoming a go-to white grape from Spain. It's quite similar to Alberino in the fact that it's got that peachiness um, coming through on the nose. And certainly if you st stick your nose in there, mm. you'll get that peachiness. But a big characteristic of um, Godello is that it's got searing acidity. And at the moment... Acidic white wines are what people are looking for, particularly in the summer, because you chill this down and it's going to be very fresh and zesty. And when you try it, you could just, it's like biting into oh, a Granny in Smith yeah. apple. Yeah. Literally, I'm salivating as I mm. sip it. It's just so acidic, but perfect with fish, with anything. Now, the other big, the other, the other thing, kind of quirky thing is when you chill this wine, the logo shows up, which is a seahorse. So this is the 2020. Alma de Branco from Dio Montrai. It's normally $14.95 in O'Brien's and they've got 34 shops all over Ireland. Um, but until Monday, it's on offer at $11.95. And for, you know, I was going to say for a nice summery drink. But when the summer comes back, yes. it'll be lovely. Right. OK. And it is, it is a summery drink. We're going to uh, take a song from Susan now in a second so you can uh, uh, assume the position there, uh, so to speak. Uh, Susan, sorry to phrase it so horribly like that. I'm totally with Amanda on this, says Brian. These people need to get a bit of perspective on what's actually happening in the world. People lost their jobs, indeed their lives. And Scarlett Johansson is complaining about only getting 16 million. She's disappointed me, uh, says Brian. Uh, Anne says, oh, thank God I'm the only parent who nodded off at the cinema with my young son. In my defence, I managed to stay awake through most of Harry Potter... Uh, all 130 of them, uh, says Anne. I didn't know it was that many. Uh, a lot of people saying we're going to, uh, we should, a lot of people very cruelly saying, Serena, we should just fire you and get your kids to come in and review the, the yeah. shows. <laughs> I'm happy to get them started early. Yeah, you might as well. Yeah. Get them earning, uh, really. Uh, they're, they're expensive. They're, they're blinking snowflakes, you know, they need to kind of toughen up. Uh, right, okay, uh, we, are, uh, we are, we do have another hour to go. We've got uh, more movies, uh, uh, more cider, uh, more wine, and more opportunities for uh, Serena and Amanda to disagree with each other. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, we're going to have another song from Susan O'Neill. This one is called To Your Door. to go and I had no one to hold 
I count the steps to your door once more The mind wanders far to where you are So we meet again, we've got paper and pen Drawing two lovers as friends for coming in to uh, play for us today and uh, thanks also to the 14 piece choir that we brought in there <laughs> really hard to fit them into the studio right we do have to take a break we'll be back with the news the bank holiday bonus on news talk yeah getting close to your last chance to win five grand yesterday john comerford from tala won 5,000 euro. Uh, so your last chance is we need you to text in, or if you want to, you can text in uh, with your answer to this question. What is the highest mountain in the world? Is it A, Everest, or B, Sugarloaf? Text the word play, followed by A or B to 57599. Entries cost 250 plus your standard message rate. You're playing across the Go Loud network of stations. You're going to find full terms and conditions on Newstalk.com. So that's the word play, followed by A or B to 57599. You have to get your entry in by 5 p.m. today. And then uh, someone may be ringing you uh, after, uh, soon after that point. But you will have to hang on to your phone because you have to answer it within five rings or you don't win the money. So good luck with that. Right, uh, we're back in the studio again, and uh, 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 Dean and Serena and Amanda and uh, Jean are still with us uh, for our extended uh, movies and booze. And uh, Amanda, Will Smith is going to play whose father? Oh, Serena and Venus Williams. He loves playing an old real-life character. Of course, he's played, you know, Ali, Muhammad Ali, um, also in The Pursuit of Happiness that was based on a real-life character. Um, I've only seen the trailer, I don't know whether Serena's seen that the whole movie. It looks great. It's a real typical Will Smith movie. Yes, he does all the kind of men in black and all of those other kind of mm. sci-fi type things, but he does that kind of wholesome, schmaltzy, 
inspiring, feel-good kind of movies, and he does it really, really well. Um, I remember I actually only saw him in the flesh once. I think we were both at a junket um, oh, a few years ago for Collateral Beauty. I used to be the celebrity movie interviewer for the Today Show many moons ago, but I was there to interview Helen Mirren. But I was gutted that I didn't get to interview Will Smith. But he was while I was sitting outside waiting for Helen. Will kind of trotted up, not trotted up. He strut up the kind of uh, the hotel corridor, and he's like, "Hey, how are you?" And I'm like, "Going." I'm great, Will. How are you? And it was just like going, oh my God, that's Will Smith. That's Will Smith. But he does that. He he kind of plays himself an awful lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is this kind of big, kind of friendly, kind of gregarious kind of character. But he, he in this one, King um, King Richard, he's playing, the, you know, it's based on the true life story of, of kind of the young tennis players and how, you know, all the battles that they had to try and, kind of get people to notice them because they were from Compton. You know, they were, they, were, they were a family from the wrong side of the tracks. And, uh, you know, it would have been difficult to try and prove themselves and get kind of, you know, the mm. snobbish world of tennis to kind of take them serious. But it's amazing, really, because he kind of had this vision for his family. It wasn't just about his two daughters who were the tennis players. He was like, God, you know, he'd mapped out all his children's life, all their lives before okay. they were even born, which is a little bit... Controlling, scary, yeah. A little bit controlling, but it is this kind of inspiring story. And obviously it is a, a story of um, a black family and their struggle. But I think everybody can relate to it, whether you're just kind of, you know, a little girl in okay. God knows where. Have the Williams family invested money in this film? I wonder, uh, given that it's, you know... Serena, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I'm really looking forward to this one. This isn't out until later in the year. Yeah. Cannot wait but to it, see this it's, one. It's, it's complimentary. It, yeah. I can't imagine they had a problem with it. Oh, no, I'm sure yeah. not. I just wonder, like, in real life, I don't know nothing about tennis, but, like, it was, it was the father such a saint as his... Well, it just, it just, he just seemed to be a man with a really clear vision for his family to take them out of the gutter, basically, and, and create superstars. And I didn't realise, I, I didn't know the backstory. Like, obviously, mm. to become the superstars that they became, there obviously need to be an awful lot of drive and an awful yeah. lot of kind of playing tennis in the rain. And part of the trailer is, you know, uh, social services coming to check on the family because it's like, oh, do you really think the girls should be out playing tennis in the rain? And it's like, oh, these girls are going places, you know. Yeah. This is the work you have to put in. And it's true. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Will, yes. Will did produce this and Venus and Serena worked alongside their sister, Aisha Price, to executive produce the movie. So they're, yeah, they're involved. All okay. Yeah. Uh, you don't know what the rest of the kids did? Uh, oh, there was like a doctor or something, wasn't there? There was all, like, they were, the, the other brothers and sisters, I must admit, I don't know. But it, I remember in the trailer, he briefly lists it off, but like, they were all academic. And I think even the girls themselves, even though they would have committed an awful lot of time to playing tennis, which would have been all consuming, apparently they were like top in their class as well when it came to it. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm always kind of bowled over by people like that. It's still the weird family dynamic the father's going, you know, tennis star, tennis star, brain surgeon, lawyer, yeah. plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
<laughs> you can carry the bag. Yeah. You can carry you can, the bag. You know, come on, let's admit it. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not going to happen for you. Uh, right, so Dean, tell us about our, our second cider of the day. So we're on to legacy medium, and uh, I suppose similar to wines, uh, uh, wines can be dr- uh, described as dry and sweet, with cider it can be similar as well. I mentioned earlier on that there are four general categories of apples. So there's um, sharp sweets, bitter sharps, and bitter sweets. Uh, so sweets are delivering sweetness, sharps are delivering acidity, uh, so similar to last white wine uh, that we're drinking, there was an amount of acidity in that. And then when it's bitter sharp or bitter sweet, uh, that's the, the tannic element of the of the cider. Uh, with this, you have uh, three eating apples. Uh, so Casey, John Gold and Elstar. Um, uh, during the break, uh, Serena mentioned that on the earlier cider that she was picking up a honey aroma to it. Now, there's no honey used in the cider, but sometimes when you've got a combination of different flavours, they can come together to, to form what's called a flavour object. So with honey, what you have is you have an amount of sweetness, and sometimes the bees that collect the pollen, they will bring some of the character of the environment that they're collecting the, the nectar from uh, into the honey. Uh, with this as well, you've got that in the apples, and it comes through, so you can get a floral element um, in the flavour of the cider. And sometimes when you get that floral and sweetness, it can trigger a memory of honey honey, which will give you the impression that you're getting a flavour of honey. Right. Um, with this, you've got uh, sweetness in it. It's a much easier drinking cider. Um, it does have cider apples. Is also using a little bit of the barrel-aged um, uh, cider in it. So with barrel ageing, what you can get, depending on the type of, of wood that's used, sometimes you can get a certain element of spice coming from it. Uh, sometimes some uh, vanilla um, flavour can come through. So you've got all of those there. And surprisingly, again, apple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I expected. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so now um, uh, if you get the, the sweetness a little bit deeper, um, the um, the smokiness of the, of the small element of barrel-aged apple that's used in the blend, uh, that smoky character uh, combined with sweetness, especially if that sweet has a kind of an element of honey, that can form a kind of a caramel flavour. Because uh, if you think of caramel, it has that kind of smoky sweetness to it. And again, it's not that caramel is used in the making of it, but when you put these flavours together, you get this impression of, mm-hmm. of different flavours. So it's quite complex, but easy drinking. It's, it's lovely because you've got, you've got layers of flavour, and if you're a total geek like me, you can break it down. If you're not, it's just an absolutely de- delicious cider that you can just enjoy. Yeah, no, it is a lovely cider, and, and, and you have, we haven't been tempted to even have a sip, Amanda, I no? D- do you know what, And I, d- I hate to insult you by refusing your alcohol... Apart from the fact that I am driving at uh, about six o'clock, um, I am scarred. You did say life. that on a radio station. I did, you know yeah. That. So, like, I sipped, I had a tiny little lick of the white wine, which was actually delicious. But cider, I have been scarred for life as a team. Back, it reminds me of my youth and warm flagons and kind of, mm. you know, and people who mightn't have been Good too times. well after. <laughs> In fairness, the best of times. Yes. And I wouldn't change them. And I, and I, you know, I, I loved my youth. I had so much fun. But <laughs> cider is a no for me. It doesn't matter, you know, where. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> uh, a few people have texted in uh, pointing out, for instance, Marriage Story, uh, where yeah. she did some acting uh, and was very good. No, she's, a, she's, a, I'm not disputing the fact that she's a good actress. I'm disputing the fact that she's a greedy actress. <laughs> and, isn't, it good? isn't it good that a woman is standing up for herself? Because at the end of the day, look, I know she made a lot of money on it, but what she's saying is, this is my contract 
my contract wasn't fulfilled. So the studio made the money. So I, allegedly, I applaud, allegedly. Alleg sorry, allegedly. But I applaud the fact that there's a woman who is standing up for herself and is going, I am going to take you to court for what is in my contract. I just don't think that this is, is the worthy fight for her to show but what a strong not? woman she but is. But why not? It was in her contract. Her contract said, like, if a soccer player complains about their contract and they're earning millions and millions and millions of dollars, why can't a woman complain about her? And I know it's... Pri oh, my gosh, it's so privileged. And it hmm. is... Uh... Well, I'm sure she cares about climate change and stuff as well. Uh, <laughs> one doesn't preclude the other. Why do we even have to dispute that? Like, what she's disputing is the fact that they promised to pay her one thing. Hmm. Her income was at a lot. Yes, she but got Serena, an extraordinary There was a amount. pandemic. Things change in a pandemic. They do, but like I, I say, fair play to her for standing up for herself and taking them to court. But and do you honestly out... think that Disney are going to want to work with her again? But why not? That's someone's just—it's someone standing up for their rights. And yeah, I think it's a great thing that you stand yeah. up for. And that's the thing: a lot of us are silenced a lot because we're worried about people not True. wanting to work with us again. So Scarlett, if you're listening. <laughs> okay, and she's definitely listening. She's yeah. a huge fan. Uh, somebody actually texted in, whose name uh, is K uh, Kaz with a K, uh, and says, "My friend Zach wrote the script for King Richard. Very proud. Go see it." Oh, wow! Wow! Right. So I don't know who Kaz is. I can't. I keep not going to say life. Kaz in a Cockney accent. Hello, Kaz. <laughs> as in like. Short for Caroline, uh, kind of thing. Uh, speaking of honey, I know Dean is on cider duty today, but does he know of any good meads uh, available in Dublin, or is that outside his wheelhouse? It's a little bit outside <laughs> my wheelhouse. I'd be looking into to meads just to, to keep people happy. I, I do believe there are some people doing doing work on mead in the country, but I don't know enough. About there it, there are, yeah, and they. Yeah. And in fact, uh, some months ago, they sent me a sample, and it was actually very good. But of course, duh, the brain has gone completely dead, and I can't remember. Uh, the name of the company. I do remember the the, the, the product was very good. But yes, I mean it's a mead is it's 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 it's, it's alcohol based around honey. Um, mm. It's a honey based product, and um, you, they used to give it to you in Bunratty Castle if you went to the. Um, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like it, it should be served to you by a wench. Evil connotation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it, it, it was it was a, a, a kind of a, a very old traditional drink, and there is a company here in Ireland doing it. And if they want to. Uh, send us a message and tell. We will certainly, I'm sure, read out their name. But yes, it is available here. Yeah, we'd probably get 20 texts and 20 people claiming that they make meat. <laughs> uh, uh, names like Conal Ingus and things like that. <laughs> uh, right, uh, you are listening to the Moncrief Show on Newstalk. We do have to take a break. Uh, we'll talk about Suicide Squad after this. 0227 is wide open. Colonel dispatched to detachable fish. DDK, 2 o'clock! TDK is the detachable kid? There you go. There's a totally meaningless quote if you were, uh, a clip if you were listening to that on the radio, other than the fact that 0227 was wide open. Uh, that was a valve and a toilet uh, that flushed the place later on. Anyway, that was uh, Suicide Squad. Is it the Suicide Squad or it's, just Suicide well, Squad? See, the original was Suicide Squad. The sequel is 
the Suicide ah. Squad. So people know so, it's a completely different exactly. film. Exactly. Yes. And are they trying to, trying to say to you in title alone that this is the film that you should be watching? Forget about the previous Suicide Squad. Right. Um, I have to say you don't have to have seen the first to go into this. What you heard in that clip is basically what the whole movie is about. It is... Banging and shouting. And, action, yeah. action, action, and a little bit more action with a side of humour and a little bit of, I was shocked, tenderness thrown in as well. Okay. Like, I was shocked to see that tender side. Basically, these are a bunch of super villains, not superheroes, who are in jail and, of course, they've done the worst of the worst and in order to get out of jail, what they have to do is basically go on, on a suicide mission. If they survive... They get to be released. If they don't, well, isn't it a bit of a win-win because they were rotting in jail anyway? That is what the leader of the okay. mission is Do they doing. say what appalling things they've done to get into jail in the first place? They no, never do. No, no. But you can, just, you can assume that they've done some really appalling stuff because yeah. of the stuff that they're willing to do to get out of jail. Um, because this film is... It just takes gruesomeness and goriness on another level. Now, I have to put my hand up and say these... Like, I don't do blood and guts really well, so a lot of it was watched through my fingers. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, this has a 97% critic rating, which I haven't seen in a long time. I think it's hilarious that what they're doing... It's R-rated. It is definitely R-rated. If you're into bringing your kids to superhero movies, please do not bring them to this. This is not appropriate for 12-year-olds to be watching. I, I just sometimes... <laughs> I fear... For the people who write these things, like what is going through their minds to be able to think of so many different ways to actually kill and maim a person? And it, it's just, it is brutal. But then having said that, there's some real funny stuff thrown in there. And as I said, some really tender moments at the end, of, and no spoilers here, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all about in order to succeed in life, you need good friends. Um, James Gunn is directing this. It's really interesting that what he decided to do was not to bring on um, characters that a lot of people would have known from the Suicide Squad. He went in and he grabbed characters that a lot of people didn't know about. He's got some actors that you will never have heard about, but then he's got the likes of Idris Elba, um, Margot Robbie. And I I don't know why Harley Quinn didn't get a better review than it did. I, I love her as Harley, Harley Quinn. Every time she's on screen, she's brilliant. She's doing most of the stunts in that as well. Um, also joining her is a hilarious John Cena. Sylvester Stallone, who I love. I have, like, I, I'm a fan of the Rocky films. He's very, he's God in our family, Sylvester Stallone. To see him play... And who's Sylvester Stallone in it? He is an overgrown shark. So he's just, he lends the voice <laughs> to this massive overgrown shark. So it is silly. It is ridiculous. It is gory. But if you basically want a switch-your-brain-off popcorn type of movie, this is the one you should be watching. Mm. Um, and you're into violence and gore. And I'd see it on the biggest screen possible because visually it is, if, you're, if you don't mind the gore, it is stunning visually as well. It's set in, um, it is set in the jail but then it moves to South America. So the views are stunning. They're in the jungle. Um, it's, it's ridiculous but I'm not saying that in a terrible way. Like, it's ridiculous in... Sometimes we just, especially right now, we just need to switch off, and switching off is what you're going to be doing here. Yeah. And Viola it, Davis is... Is it the same plot as the last one? Well, see, I didn't see the last one. I didn't okay. watch the last one, so I don't know. Okay. But well, I, I mean, I, I do know... I, I, 
they, uh, uh, they were in prison, they were let out of prison to fight somebody. But I was going to say, the, the, the concept is the same for all of them. They're taken out of prison. They're, they're not heroes. And this is what I love about James um, Gunn as well. He's not there trying to make us love them and trying to say, oh, look, now they're going to do good. What he's taken is their, their unique abilities and let them shine. Um, but, yeah, so basically they're in jail. If you want to get out of jail, you have to do these atrocious things to save the world. Right. And if okay. you save the world, well, then you get some comeuppance as well. Viola Dave, like, I, I wonder, who is the real superhero, the actual uh, supervillains? Is it the villains themselves or is it Viola Davis who's leading the mission? She is spine-tingling, chilling in that role as the leader. Uh, now, the, the, uh, is this Margot Robbie's last one? A few people are texting well, in, but so asking, wondering about that. She was, saying, um, she was saying in a lot of interviews that she wanted a break from this character because it's exhausting and stuff, but I spoke to her there exclusively for the Blissimo Files, which you can listen in on Saturday <laughs> on Spin um, from 10 o'clock. <laughs> plug, um, plug, plug. I, <laughs> I spoke to her and she told me that she is loving playing this character. So she didn't say she's going to stop anytime soon, but I think she might be having a little break just for now. But if another script comes up that she likes, she'll be doing it. Ah, again. she'd say mask that young one. Yeah, but there will be more of them then. That's, I'd say, the, that's she's, the point. She produces them as well. Like her own, ah. the Harley Quinn yeah. is produced by her and she's like a Hollywood powerhouse. But she's the only one who's was in the last film and is in this and, one. Yeah, and there's another couple of characters as well, but the bulk of them, like Idris Elba, Sylvester Stallone is the shark. Um, Peter Capaldi, uh, Doctor Who, mm. plays the thinker in this. Um, I'm not going to give any spoils, spoilers away, but the cast is phenomenal. And do you know what? You can tell. I'm going to say the word gruesome again because, seriously, if you don't like it, please don't go anywhere near this. But you could tell the cast and James Gunn were having lots of fun. Like, James Gunn was telling me as well that... This is the most fun he has ever had on, on set. And so when you say Sylvester Stallone is a shark, yeah. you mean literally a shark? He's literally... Now, you don't now, is see he in he, water? He or, voices, or has he no, got no, little no. shark legs? He's a land shark. So he's this ah, overgrown... Ah, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An overgrown animated... But he doesn't look animated, but like an overgrown animated shark. So he only lent his voice to the film. But right. That's hilarious. Okay. I quite liked that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's novel. And can you tell us anything about the the, the baddie they have to fight? Oh, so the baddie, yeah. So they're these dictators who have basically taken this South American country hostage and they need to take down the baddies and, oh, no, okay, no, that's that's a spoiler. So I'm not going to tell you. So they're basically trying to take down because... What I'm hearing is a South American country had an election, America didn't like the result (laughs) and sent the suicide squad (laughs) That is completely right. That's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> but they're keeping a secret for the Americans as well that they don't want to get out because that will be the end of the world. Uh, Margot Robbie is brilliant. I don't understand why she doesn't get more serious uh, Oscar-y type roles. She's wasted in this superhero nonsense, says Sheila. But, but she does. That's where the she money does. is. She did, she did Bombshell. She yeah. Did, oh, and it's actually really interesting that Amanda says that because I, what I love about Margot Robbie is she's all about empowering women and she said she wants to see more people in action, more females in action roles because that is where all the money is. Yeah. So she, and then the, the great thing with her is she does these roles. She has fun because that's all these films are. It's a bit of fun. And then she gets to go and do the other roles that she really wants to do, like I, Tonya and, and like, Bombshell. Yeah, she, like I, Tonya, absolutely iconic. Yeah. Brilliant yeah. movie. And like she does the likes of like Mary, Queen of Scots. She was in with Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. yeah. And she does all that serious stuff. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of like <laughs> iconic. Like, sorry, iconic. Sorry, Sheila and Tip, you are talking out of your arse there. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we did mention uh, Mead. Uh, here they come. Heard you talking about mead. We make some wonderful meads down here in Kinsale in our meadery. 
It's yes. called a meadery. Right. Uh, the Kinsale Mead Company, uh, made right. in the old style wine strength. I bought Kinsale Mead as a gift for a friend last month. They do gift delivery. Gorgeous presentation, says Brenda in <laughs> Kerry. Uh, Kinsale Mead Country, loads of different types of mead. Did the tour, loved the bottles we bought, says Sean in Limerick. And somebody else texted him to say, Kinsale Mead Company. It's grand. <laughs> <laughs> so mixed reviews there. Uh, you are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We'll take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. <laughs> 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk or indeed watching it, uh, if you can be uh, arsed to do that. Uh, Dean and Serena and Amanda and Jean are, are still with us. Uh, um, Serena was telling us you were just going through money someplace. Money uh, Cullen. Uh, money Cullen. Is that right? That's near in the West. It could be way. anywhere. Uh, it's really something. Fiona, the rower who won bronze for us. Right, okay. Um, and I love that I've never seen so many Olympic flags in my life. All the Olympic flags were out celebrating her win. Right. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, Cullen. Uh, Declan uh, says, is Stallone's uh, role a literal jump the shark joke? I wonder, is it actually? Uh, uh, Margot Robbie is empowering women, but Stallone is empowering sharks. They haven't had a decent high-paying role since uh, Jaws 2. Uh, Maiming Cork says, I'm surprised at Amanda. Scarlett should be applauded for standing up for herself. For years, she had to fight to get paid as an equal for the Marvel movies. Has only recently been paid the same amount for those movies as her male counterpart. Uh, she's, she's been making it's, good money now uh, for she a has, good decade but, you know, now. But it's, not the same as, you know, the fellas. Wait, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Listen, I'm, I'm all for, for equality and I'm definitely all for empowering yourself and, and, and getting what you're worth. I just think that this was an odd one to take, an odd battle to take on, that's all. Tell us about, uh, move on to something more pleasant and full of loveliness. They've started, uh, have they announced the cast for the, uh, for the Graham Norton? So basically, Skibbereen is the centre of the universe at the moment between the, all the rowing champions that they have down there. I don't know what they'd be feeding them down in Skibbereen, but like, I mean, they're, they can pull like dogs, that's for sure. Uh, but they're also started. He's like, Whatever oh, that means. I don't... <laughs> Do you not know the famous quotes? No. From the rowers. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought it meant something else. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it could. I'm yeah. sure it could. But at the moment, they're filming, God love them, in the rain. Uh, the new Graham Norton um, book, basically Graham Norton's book, uh, Holding, has been commissioned for a four-part series. And I think it's uh, partly um, paid for by Virgin Media. So I think it's going to be, um, I'm sure it's on some UK channel and it's going to be shown over here. So basically, Cathy Burke of um, Nil by Mouth and other kind of grim yeah. kind of yeah. <laughs> shows. Uh, it turns out her mother's from West Cork. I didn't realise that. Well, Burke, yeah. She wouldn't, she wouldn't be your normal, typical Irish person. No. Uh, but she's on board to direct it. And oh, right. they have just announced uh, the cast and um, the likes of Siobhan uh, Max Sweeney, who's from Derry Girls. Do you remember the nun? Oh, yeah. The kind of glib nun. I just think she's absolutely brilliant. I just look at her and I start to laugh. And there's a guy... Um, now, I, people are going to shoot me. I seem like I, I watch no movies, but I didn't watch um, Game of Thrones. I'm one of the three people. You were just did. complaining you have nothing left to watch. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I couldn't. Six I months honestly couldn't. I need something that is slightly more intelligent. But anyway, that's just me. Yeah. Um, so apparently he must well, no, be... No, but it is, Amanda, really. You'd be surprised by how uh, it's funny it is. all riding and stuff. Though, yeah. And, and your violence. complaint is... <laughs> <laughs> I can't sit down 
down in the evening and watch a programme that's full of sex, my husband will get ideas. Okay, <laughs> watch it by yourself. Then. <laughs> Unfortunately, so I have... the, the other room. Mammy's I... watching her programme now. <laughs> be very sensible we were going through netflix last night and the show came on sex life and i said jesus we won't watch that keep scrolling yeah, yeah, keep scrolling episode you... three that's all no I'll you're all right thanks really okay <laughs> the shower scene makes note episode three okay didn't want to watch the thing but episode three sounds good we'll we just, just do that put straight to the third episode <laughs> good to know so anyway um game of thrones actor uh, conleth hill he's playing the local garda and it's actually really great because Brenda Fricker has had a bit of a rough road. Yeah. And she hasn't been acting in a very long time. And, of course, she's a resident now. She's moved back to Ireland and she's living in the Liberties. And, um, you know, she's had a bit of a tough time. Mm. And I suppose a lot of, you know, she was an Oscar winner. You have to remember. Like, yeah. I mean, she was yeah. absolutely huge. Then she had her own battles and demons and things just dried up as they do and especially as an older woman trying to get movie roles trying to get tv roles trying to get anything like you know dame judy dench takes every role there is or helen mirren there is no there's very few other parts for people who aren't those two women but anyway she is now going to be the lead in this she's understandably really excited um I don't know whether any of you saw the Tommy Tiernan show. She she did a chat with Tommy Tiernan there last year. And I think it was one of his best interviews. Mm. Um, and she was talking to him, but she just still has, even though, you know, time has taken its toll, she just has this most amazing voice and she just captivates you. Like she was just talking about her life, but it was like, I just felt like I was sucked in completely. Mm. She, she has that certain something. So I really think she would be a great addition to this. Uh, I must admit, I haven't read the book. I've read some of Graham's stuff. I, it's not really my kind of uh, writing, but I know it's been huge. You just don't like anything, do you? I you don't actually like Game of do. Thrones or sci-fi or Graham Norton or <laughs> sex. Oh, I love How do you fill your time? I love Graham Norton, but I just it, the, I, his books just weren't really for me. They just okay. didn't really grab me. But I know, bit, I, I, neither have I. I must admit, are they like a bit saccharine or, or what was your little, little bit? Yeah, little bit. okay, and, all right, fair enough. That has yeah. a huge market, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not for me. But um, I love his gin. So, like, you know, I'm not knocking the guy. He's yeah, got good okay. taste in other ways. Um, so, there's, but the, I remember when uh, Kathy Burke actually announced on Twitter that she was going to be directing this. She, it was a couple of months ago. She put it up on Twitter. And, um, you know, there had been this big kind of, we were still all in the, in the buzz of slagging off Mountain Time. And, you know, that great mm. Irish movie with the wonderful accents. And, and uh, I, I, I just kind of, put it underneath going that's absolutely great please don't murder the Irish accents the Irish people have had a rough time with this pandemic yes. <laughs> please be kind to us but I didn't realise that it was going to be like an Irish cast the likes of Charlene uh, McKenna is going to be in it I think Pauline McGlynn is in it um, so I'm delighted that it isn't going to be one of those Irish kind of um, yeah 
kind of films or kind of drama series that is English people or American people absolutely murdering a Raxon. So I think I think it'll actually be a really good yeah. watch. I, actually, I don't think I don't think now if it's if there's a British production in the um, a British involvement in the production that they would murder the accent. It seems to be mostly an American thing. Mm. Yes, and it was suggested to me that Hollywood wants to hear that kind of accent. They know it's not the right accent, but that's just that's just what sells. And do, you, do you know what it is, though? I was just in the west of Ireland, right? And I finally get Hollywood really think that, and I mean the remote west of Ireland, that that is what Ireland is because it is absolutely stunning. They don't, they don't want to believe that it is anything <laughs> got else. got dirty cities and stuff. <laughs> they don't want to believe that, and I, I think it's right. And then they do want an accent that they think is Irish that they can understand. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you can't be too kind of rural because, like, even most Irish people don't understand a West Cork accent. So <laughs> We'd like to apologise for our West Cork listeners <laughs> and distance ourselves from Amanda Brunker's comments. <laughs> well, you ha- while we have you, the, the, the House of Gucci uh, and Lady Gaga's in the House of Gucci. Oh, listen, I, this... That's like typecast, now, really, isn't it? This is actually a movie that I would be excited to see. House of Gucci, uh, the trailer's out. I don't think it's out in cinemas till about November or so um but yeah I must admit I did not know about the family curse and kind of all the dramas that went on uh basically uh Gucci started I think in 1904 so it's been around a while but the the missus ends up making are we allowed say just give the there's a murder yeah okay Uh, this is a murder in, in in Florida that murder. No, that's Versace. That's, and it you're does, right, sorry. you know what? It's funny. So it all blurs into the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. Italian too. It, it's kind of a, it looks like it's kind of similar, but it looks like it's a more, it just looks more quality than the, the, the Versace story, which I thought was a bit kind of cartoonish in a way. But like, I mean, Lady Gaga is a bit cartoonish in this role and she's playing a real life character. And this woman was, um, kind of really up for this movie. She was really excited about it. But then Lady Gaga wasn't allowed to meet with her. She's not long out of prison. Oh, wow. For the the role. And she wanted to meet with Gaga. And I think Gaga had expressed interest to to actually meet this woman that she was playing. But then the movie company said, no, absolutely not. You have to distance yourself. So now all of a sudden the the Gucci family are not very happy because obviously they're being painted in a bad light because there is a murder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it, I have to say, Adam that. Driver's in it. It's amazing cast. Um, Al Pacino's in it. Uh, Ridley Scott directs it. Ridley Scott and like, Jared it Leto. Looks, it looks like a movie I want to see. Right. Okay. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Denise says, "Tell Amanda that Game of Thrones is more politics than porn." I wouldn't quite go that far. But, um, <laughs> but it's you know it's political, but with yeah. a bit of you know. Were you going to say something there, Serena, about this? No. No, you weren't. Okay. The, you know, because uh, Amanda mentioned that you were both on a junket when uh, and Amanda Will was Smith. interviewing Helen Mirren rather than Will Smith. Did you interview Will Smith? I've interviewed Will Smith before. Yeah. Um, he's, he's... In your face, Amanda. I know. <laughs> he's a lovely man, but he also knows he has Tom Cruise syndrome in that they know when the camera's turned on. So when you walk... Lovely man. Right, now I've said that. I can say what I want to say. Yeah. Um, when you walk in, he's like, hey, how's it going? And really gets into the chat and stuff. As soon as, and this is in the days where we could actually meet people in person, as soon as the camera went off, he looked down and was getting ready for the next person. So he's a charmer, but it just, yeah, he felt, and I hated that. He was still lovely, don't have a bad word to say about him, but it felt like that. It 
felt well, you see, put on. I was I was disappointed because, as I said, I was waiting for Helen Mirren. He came by. He was fabulous. And then Helen Mirren came up and like, I'm here. We're standing like, you know, like inches away from each other. She knew that I was the next person to go in and chat to her. Wouldn't even make eye contact, not even a little kind of finger lift or, you know, kind of an eyebrow, nothing. Then she went in and I went in and then I was like, oh, oh God, she's a bit frosty. And then it was like, three, two, one camera. Hi, how are you? I love your dress. Now, obviously not an American accent, but it was yeah. that kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, you blanked me outside. Don't pretend to be nice now. That oh, you're wow. So, yeah. I'm disappointed. I was hoping Helen Mirren might be a bit more genuine. Listen, she's been around a long time and she played, played it great, but it was just, she was just, it was so kind of, obvious we're not on now we're on and then it just was kind of oh girl girl mm. you know all this kind now, of now to explain to people listening how this works that, that normally what would happen is they'd get a couple of big names they'd fly journals to london yeah. uh, from here and from all over and then the poor star is sat in a room and everyone gets 15 minutes with no, them. No, no, you get 15, five minutes. Five? Four, four to six, if you're yeah. lucky. Wow. Most of the time, it's, a, it's in and around that. And yeah. like that means you have to get in. And then when you leave, you get a little cartridge for your, for your, for your tape kind of things. Yeah. And look, like I, I know they paid the big bucks and like we're usually the ones waking up at 3.30 to fly over yeah. and interview them and whatever. But it is, I, now it's all resorted to zoom and yeah. it's great but the other day i was literally in a zoom interview for about six hours and by the end of it and in i the only queue, you mean yeah well yep. yeah in the junket and yep. i had 15 people in 10 interviews that i had to interview and by the end of six hours i was just exhausted and I, I i was sitting there going wow this has to and again privilege i get it but it has to be exhausting, and especially when we ask some stupid questions as well. And it's probably the same question over and over again. Completely, because what you have to understand is your outlet wants to hear a specific answer. Yeah. Mm. So, and that's the answer that a lot of other people want to hear. So and I we do... always want to do an Irish take. You know, it's like, oh, isn't your sixth cousin removed <laughs> of, the, of the postman, whatever? I stopped doing those. But I remember well. my worst one ever was, uh, were you there for Ben Affleck? Um, when it was and Batman, uh, oh, yeah. Batman versus Superman. And literally, we were all waiting. And it was just before lunch. And I was the person just after lunch. So literally, I was waiting. They were like, no, no, they're going to go. Uh, what, what's Superman's name? That, that really... Cavill, Henry, Henry Cavill. Cavill. Yes. She, I've never seen a man with better posture in my life. He walks so tall. Anyway, so <laughs> Ben Affleck was doing this. He was going off for a quick lunch. And it was like all smiles. When waves. we say quick lunch, do we mean, you know... Well, he was in his drinking days then. It was in his yeah. drinking days. So yeah. it, but he was happy, right? Okay. So he All literally right, yeah. left. Big lunch. He <laughs> literally left big waves. And I, ha I remember taking a little video and I was like, oh, and I'd always had a secret crush on, um, actually not that secret, uh, crush on Ben Affleck. So he goes off really happy. I'm really excited. I'm the first person to interview him, walk in. He'd, uh, he'd read the reviews of the movie oh. and he literally came back like a bear. Basically, people had slated the movie and he hadn't heard anything beforehand. He'd obviously seen the reviews. He sat down and he just goes to me, did you see the movie? And I said, I did. He said, what did you think of it? I said, I really enjoyed it. You're lying. And I was like going, okay. Wow. And is this being recorded? This is being this recorded. This is gold. And literally I'm like, oh, and it was kind of like going, you're so hot in my mind, but not anymore. So, and literally he is like a bear. He literally 
wanted, he looked like he wanted to hit somebody. Was he on his own or was he? No, there? Henry Cavill was there. So the two of them were there, right? And per Henry, who's very proper and very English, and he's all like, you know, and he's like, ha! And, <laughs> and then he'd go, well, actually, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the movie, you know, and it was just the most surreal. So literally, I think I had about four to four or five minutes. So you're like going, I need sound bites. Like I can't have this kind of nervous mm. banter. So I needed to kind of get it back on track and I just couldn't. And he literally then, he went from giving out to then like a petulant child like this. He crossed his arms and he just, just, he just was so mad. And then it's basically a chat of me and Henry Cavill going, so tell us about the character. It must have been great on set, blah, blah, Oh God, blah, blah. and was it was like a shot of Cavill being polite and then your man sitting there with, with a <laughs> oh, hooky face on him, like it was, three-year-old. It was, afterwards, it was comical, but at the time, the sweat was just wow. beading down every part of me. I was just like... It was the it was the worst chat I've ever had in my entire life. But he literally looked like he wanted to hit somebody because he had literally been slated. And I'm sure, like uh, Scarlett Johansson, he was thinking, "I'm not going to be making much money off this off this theatrical release." You think though at that, you know, at, at that stage in their career, they know every now and then. not everyone's going to like it. you, no matter what happens, you know. But again, he had his own situation going on so yeah that's you know, probably that possibly didn't help he might have had a hangover do you think he's okay now do you think now he's found re <laughs> reactivated the relationship why am i so happy that they are back together like it is ridiculous <laughs> actually if you follow busy phillips on instagram she has um one of uh, she has a podcast and on the podcast they have this theory going it is 20 years of love don't uh, cost a thing you know that iconic video, video clip and they've done a photo for fo I, too much time. He's holding a, a bottle photo. the same way he did 20 years ago. Oh, wow. So wearing the same watch. So what they're saying is there's a lot of photos of of that clip appearing now. So they reckon that they're, they're trolling us all and recreating that clip for us right in front of our eyes. They're probably not, but it's a brilliant th theory. Go so over to The theory is they're not really back together. Well, I think they are, but they're also ah, no, they are. Giving, right, okay. us, giving us a bit of love, Jane Costa thing. And I, I don't know why. Okay. I just need to smile. Right. So he's had the same watch for 20 years. That's, that's, that must <laughs> be a good watch. Probably really uh, good. Uh, really. <laughs> uh, the... She's 52 and loving life. If ever yeah. anybody's going to be oh, God, empowering, yeah. showing empowerment for women. Like, I mean, it's go J-Lo. And personal trainers and uh, excellent plastic surgeons, it, it, presumably it, as well. But uh, other than that, yeah. Go, go, J-Lo. Uh, right, so let's talk about a wine, Jay. Okay. Um, now, Eli Wine Bar, which is open again, which is great. Uh, there's the Wine Bar in Eli Place. There's the IFSC. And then there's their most recent uh, outlet, which is out in Maynooth Village, which is absolutely fabulous. I was out there um, just after sort of lockdown was lifted, and uh, they've got a wine bar and a restaurant. But anyway, the, Eric Robson uh, owns the company. He started it 21 years ago. And obviously it was a wine bar and then there was COVID and lockdown. And like many other companies, he had to adapt. So he started importing wines from Spain directly and he's got 40 wines on the list. And they're all organic, biodynamic, and they're really, they're niche wines. They're, you know, they're not sort of mainstream stuff. There's some super stuff. And this mm. is one of them. Explain biodynamic, though. Uh, biodynamic, it's, it's kind of um, uh, organic on steroids. Right, okay. okay. That's probably, that, but obviously that's the one thing organic wouldn't be. completely yeah. the wrong analogy <laughs> to use. But you, go, you know what I mean. So anyway, what Eric has done is he set up a website, um, uh, Eli Wine, and he's selling uh, wines 
you know, overnight delivery. If you if you buy from Maynooth and you're living within a 20 mile radius, you know, the, you get the same day delivery and then he's an overnight delivery. And it's gone absolutely fantastically for him. They've been selling wines just, you know, obviously to keep the business going. Mm. Now, they're open again as, as, as a wine bar uh, with all the regulations and everything, which is fantastic. But... Um, this was a side of the business that it, he wasn't expecting to start, but it's actually been very, very successful for him. So, um, you know, if you want to, to buy, just go on to Eli Wine Bar uh, website and you can buy the wines. They're all there. But this one is the 2019 Alquira from Dio Ribera Zagra. And it's a great variety called Mencia. Now, uh, again, we're up in Galicia. Um, we're in... The River Sill is the river uh, that, that's running through this region. Again, very, very steep slopes. Um, you know, it, it, it's northern, northwestern Europe on the Atlantic. Um, it's, it, it's grapes, you know, struggle to, to grow here. It's, it's hard work, actually, um, harvesting the grapes. But this is a grape called Mencia. Now, Mencia has become incredibly fashionable, particularly among the sort of those who really know about wine and people who are into wine. Mencia is quite, it, 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 it's originated, it, its parentage comes down the Cabernet Franc line. So it's somewhere in its dark, dim history. Uh, it had a parent or a, okay. that yep. was Cabernet Franc. It's actually quite like Pinot Noir in terms of its styling. It's a light grape variety that's very good for summer drinking. Now, this is the 2019 um, Aquira. It's €20. Euro. You'll get it on um, eliwinebar.ie. Um, the, the thing about Mencia is it, it's got that cherry fruit, that sort of lighter fruit style that you get when you, um, similar to Pinot Noir, like on the nose, um, this is quite rich, it's quite chocolatey actually. Um, you know, there's, there's lovely dark bramble fruit showing through. It's got lovely kind of mocha chocolate notes coming And then when you try it, the tannin is very soft and approachable. Mm, yeah. It's very light and soft and gentle. You know, it's not a big tannic wine. In the summer, you want something lighter. You could chill this down now and it would be perfect serving. You chill. could actually, yeah. yes. It would be lovely for that. So, um, as I say, Mencia is becoming a sort of a, a go-to Spanish red grape. It's mainly from around the Ribera, uh, not Ribera, sorry, Castella Leon region, um, you know, uh, Bierzo, um, over in, in, in Galicia. It's that sort of, it originates from that part of northwest Spain. But, I mean, good luck to Eric and the team. Ian Brosnan is a sommelier. They're also, also doing online tastings. There's one coming up on the 6th of August. Um, all the details are on my website, jeansmullen.com. So if anybody's interested, they can sign up there. And also details of the wines that Eric has on offer. But um, really, you know, I mean, well done to them. You know, it was... The the, yeah. the 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 uh, the on trade suffered a terrible hit, as as Dean knows. And just you know, I, I take my hat off to anybody who says, right, we're not going to die. We're going to find a way to keep the business going. And they did by setting up importing wines directly themselves. Yeah, and good for um, them. yeah, and are they and back serving? They're back. Doors yeah, now? with with all the regulations. Yes, of they course. are. Yeah. Yes, they yeah. are. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. that's good to hear. Is anyone here eating indoors yet? I did. Yes, last night. Yeah, how yep. was it? it was, well, I mean, it apart from your house, that doesn't count. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. Um, I was on a trip with a, a few different people and we were split onto a few different tables. So there was um, 14 of us in total, but across three mm. across three different tables in, in the thing. Yeah, it, it's, it's freakishly weird how... 
amazingly wonderful it is to interact with human beings. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> like, it's just something that you take for granted. And I, I think that the, the mental health side of the pandemic mm -hmm. has been totally yeah. underestimated. Absolutely. It, it's really weird how, how, how it's like having a, a bucket of incredibly refreshing water poured over you. you feel... And when you were going in, were they, were they quite stringent about yep, the they, passes they, they, and all they, that? I checked our, checked our COVID certs and checked uh, photo ID against the, the COVID cert and, and and, uh, went through everything. So right, yeah, because yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter was saying that, that that she went out to eat last night, and when she went to show them the COVID cert, they just went, "Ah, you're grand," uh, which is slightly uh, slightly worrying. Uh, I, I would have thought. Uh, the, uh, in the in defence of Hollywood's depiction of Irish accents, says one texter, I offer the examples: some independent TDs and some GAA post-match interviews. Mm, okay. <laughs> Uh, ask Jean uh, to find the best Montepulciano, I can never say that right, in Dublin. Yeah. Uh, well, now, is this Montepulciano the Grape Friday or the region Montepulciano d'Abruzzo? Um, there's actually, some, most of the supermarkets have very, very good uh, Montepulciano d'Abruzzo, which is on the Adriatic coast, and that's very easy drinking, light again, great summery wine, and Montepulciano um, is... Uh, the, 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 you get those more, that's more the, the grape, the serious grape that is a clone of San Giovese from uh, the Tuscan region. You'll get those in the independent off licenses and they're okay. a bit more pricey. Okay, shouldn't be too difficult. Thank you all very much uh, to Dean and Serena and Amanda and uh, Jean. Uh, pleasure to be in the company of actual human beings. Uh, that's our lot for today. Uh, Kieran's up next on News Talk. He'll be giving away five grand to somebody uh, in the not-too-distant future. Uh, bank holiday on Monday, so we'll have a pre-recorded show. Then we'll be back with the live show on Tuesday. Movies and booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl, more for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie.